When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So episode 14 is me talking to Josh from the States, who runs a podcast over there. Because we had quite a long conversation, we've put it into two parts, episodes 14 and 15. So in this one, you'll hear the first half of the conversation. Hope you enjoy. Here we go. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Brighton Rock, an Albion podcast with me, Russell Guyver. I'm going solo in terms of the presenting this week um, as we're doing a special preview extra. I'm supposed to record on Thursday, having to record this on Friday night due, due to some technical difficulties, unfortunately. But here I am and I have with me a special guest, another debutante to the podcast, but not a stranger to podcast himself. It's Mr. Joshua Goldsmith, how are you, Josh? Good, Russ. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very well. Um, we're speaking across the pond. You're in the States, aren't you? I am indeed. Charlotte, North Carolina. Marvellous. And um, how come you're over there? Uh, long story. <laughs> um, <laughs> I started doing uh, soccer coaching, as they say it over here, um, uh, at a summer camp. Um, back in 2012, when uh, I was at university, uh, University of Lincoln, um, came over here, was a coach for a couple of years uh, in upstate New York and met a girl there, as all stories seem to go. Oh, um, yes. And we are now still together and we live here together. And she is obviously American. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we've been over there ever since, apart from brief trips back and so on. Excellent. Oh, fantastic stuff. So. Um, well, listeners may know your podcast, which is Together. Um, if you haven't heard it, I've mentioned it a couple of times on the pod already, but uh, if people haven't heard it, check it out. It's definitely worth a listen. Um, I know you, though, from before that. Um, we knew each other from forums and so on, didn't we, back in the day? I think it goes back to what mid-noughties when we were first getting kind of acquainted online, as it were. Yeah, I think you're right. It was, uh, I mean, I must have been about 13, 14 when you started hitting me up for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. <laughs> yeah, it was the it was the very original uh, official Brighton message board, wasn't it? Back at uh, seagulls.co.uk. That's right. Yeah, yeah, they, that's right. They had a message board on there attached to the official site. Eventually that went pear shaped when they changed providers. And then we set up a separate one, didn't we? Um, yeah, we which, did. Which you joined in with as well. Um, so bizarrely, even though I've known you for quite a while, I think we've only met a handful of times. You've been, I think, a couple of away games maybe back in the day. Uh, definitely at the Amex, probably only on, on one occasion, though. And um, and then for the parade, I think, was the last time we met in person when we got yeah. promoted to the Prem. I think that's right. Yeah, the, yeah, the parade definitely, and yeah, just like the odd away day and and a couple of games at the Amex. I know that uh, you all sorted me a seat at the Upper West once upon a time, uh, and then I met you all after. I think did we get together at the very at the Doncaster game as well? Oh, you were there, yeah, yeah, we did. That's another. There was loads of us, weren't there, at the at the North that day? Yeah, well, I mean, there was right. loads of everyone after that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Definitely. Uh, happy days. We're talking about the um, the first game of the Amex. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe so. Yeah, I mean, it's happy days. We had uh, Nick from Manchester down and all sorts of people there for that one. Um, for a pretty momentous occasion. So glad to share that one with you, certainly. Um, but um, yeah, we've uh, known each other for a while. You've been doing your podcast for um, a lot less time than that, though. Um, you started it. When was it? Is it last year, beginning of the season? It was the yes, it was the second season in the Premier League. Um, and so, yeah, it would have been what, the beginning of 2018? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, somewhere there. And how's it going so far? Very well. Um, I really only started it to uh, kind of speak into a microphone to get annoyed at things, and um, people <laughs> have uh, people have listened a lot more than I thought they would. And you know, I at the same time I, I started actually listening to a, a podcast called Who Got the Assist. And if you're into your fantasy Premier League, that is a podcast that I would highly recommend. They don't talk really about Brighton ever, um, considering I'm <laughs> expecting a lot of Brighton fans listening to this. But uh, for fantasy football, for fantasy prem, they are very good. And it was them and their statistical outlook on it that made me kind of pick the the theme I have on my show. And that is to kind of try and take my own emotions out of it for the first half of the show and give the numbers and like the theory behind the result and then afterwards kind of give my own view on what I felt and how I thought things went during the game. Yeah, and very good it is too, actually, I have to say. I think, like anything, you have to find your feet over time. I've listened to it from the beginning, obviously, put my support in, but um, I have to say it's got better as it's gone on, which is kind of not really a surprise. It's the kind of thing that will be the case, um, but I think it's it's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good insight. You kind of, you've, you've got more interest in the stats than I have, I must admit, although I like to look at them a little bit, um, but I think... Um, it's, it's really good to listen to somebody talking about the stats so you don't get a, an overkill or trying to have to look in online and getting bogged down by things and not really kind of you know, getting too into it. Um, but I think when you're listening to someone just relaying compiled stats, relevant stats, things that might stand out one week to the next as particular interest, um, I think it works well. And um, I think the opinion's good. The delivery's good. So thumbs up to you. And um, it's good to hear you're getting a lot of the listeners in, which is uh, superb. Um, yeah, well, said, thank you. <laughs> it's just maybe as a hobby, but uh, it's going well. So that's that's good. And it's pretty much the same for me. I'm with uh, Peter, who you know from one of the WhatsApp groups we're on. Uh, we've started. Yes, we get on brilliantly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for anyone uh, that doesn't know, uh, yeah, Josh and Peter are continuously bitching at each other. Uh, they're having opinions. It's quite entertaining, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we should get you on definitely together at some point. In fact, that could be quite fun. Uh, but it um, would be interesting. It, are we bring him back celebrity deathmatch, or? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, similar with me. I'm, I've just done this and Pete, with Peter as a, as a hobby, really. Just uh, we like the sound of our own voices. No one else does. I mean, I've got a voice for. Um, silent cinema as much as I've got a face for radio which doesn't really help but there we go uh, but we indulge ourselves anyway and we hope some people enjoy it same um, same with anything really um, speaking of friends on whatsapp groups you've also had Robin of our um, whatsapp parish has been on your show in more recent episodes of your podcast um, regarding uh, a sort of like a with Dean nostalgia segment isn't it effectively or or, uh, former players nostalgia segments um that's been pretty interesting actually a little bit eclectic i think but um but quite entertaining how are you finding that yeah it's it's great um i mean i think he's most certainly a regular nowadays uh, we kind mm -hmm. of try and fit one or two in there um yeah. every couple of weeks because there's i mean there's so many of them right like we have we have <laughs> so many uh obscure players of of yesteryear during the with dean years that the kind of journey we had, you know, just as well as I do, was so bizarre at times. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, just the most recent one with the goalkeepers, when you realise we had about six different keepers in the space of a year, and some of yeah. them were absolutely outrageous. I mean, I've, I've got to say, one of them, I can't remember which one it was, I hadn't actually heard of. I must have I must have read about him at the time. Um, then you had Alan Blaney, I think it is, that I've completely forgotten about. Um, yep, Blaney so was I've, on there. Yeah, aside from Goldies, you had the likes of I guess Alexis Bertan and people like that have got to mention, and i kind of forgotten about those guys. It's quite nice to have a little nostalgic trip back and listen to them. Um, 
And indirectly, you've also, um, as a result of doing those segments with Robin, you've had uh, Mr. Andrew Crofts on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago, haven't you? Which was a bit of a coup, I think. Pretty good guest to get on, and um, it was pretty interesting listen, actually. Yeah, he was brilliant. I, w- I mean, I was shocked to get him in the first place. Um, I mean, I follow pretty much all the Albion podcasts, and the one thing I did notice is they don't tend to get any kind of Albion coaches or players on bar in the women's side, but I thought I'd shoot my shot, and I, I got lucky with it. So, yeah, I was super happy with it, and I mean, I know you've listened, and I think he comes across incredibly well, and you know, when you when you think that he was a captain of the club and wants to go forward and manage in the future, you can see why he was always able to lead. Because even at the end of the conversation, I remember saying to Robin, I was like, he's inspired me for the next three days <laughs> just just from <laughs> talking to him. Yeah. And I'm not sure he's necessarily a natural or naturally trained um, talker, but he just came across well. Um, just off his own back, really, I think. Because as far as I know, I don't think he's done any media or, or not very much of it, if he has. Um, so um, it, I wasn't quite sure how he'd come across, but he certainly sounded fine. So it's, uh, it's good to get those people on, I think. It's interesting stuff. Yeah, um, Yeah, I was, as, I was as surprised as you. I mean, yeah. he, uh, he only got the questions we sent over to him uh, about four hours before the call. And yeah. he was working all morning with the team, with the team, of course. So I wasn't sure just how much he was going to be able to, you know, relay. I was expecting maybe a 15 minute call and it went 45 and it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, bonus. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping to get similarly um, trying to get a couple of ex-players on actually it's a couple of bits in the works for later in the year um, and eventually get some illustrious guests on of my own. Um, oh. But as you said, it's not easy, but um, <laughs> we'll see how we both go on that one. Um Anyway, yeah, so just in regard to the podcast then, so it's Together, if anyone wants to check it out, um, you just Google um, or, or check it out on the usual app stores. You're on pretty much everything, aren't you? iTunes, Spotify, all the yep. other stuff. Yep. Yeah, any uh, any podcast outlet that you can think of, um, I am on there. Yeah, and you invite sometimes questions or voice clips as well. Do you, is there any other contact details you wanted to give out? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can get in touch with me uh, and you can give me anything you want. And odds are I'm going to relay it out onto the podcast, almost like a um, slightly better quality talk sport. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So, yeah. So togetherbha at gmail.com is uh, an email where I get the voice clips usually uh, togetherbha. If you type in togetherbha, you're going to be able to find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, the, the works. So. If you want to get me, you know where to get me. And if you want to call me on a, on a phone number, just DM me on any of those and I'll give you my number and you can WhatsApp me and we'll do it there as well in Skype. So I'm as available as it gets. <laughs> Fantastic. Good, good. So check them out, guys. Um, anyway, moving on to the other subjects, just to explain what we're going to do, we're going to go through a little bit of chat about a certain match that happened last weekend. Um, I know we both chatted about it already, but uh, I think there's more dissection and ranting to be had from that game. So maybe chat about uh, that if you can stomach doing so again. Um, <laughs> and I've got you um, as a debutante quiz participant this week. We've, I've decided to start a quiz segment. So for anybody who's guesting on the show, actually, I'll probably get Peter to do this as well at some point. But um, anyone on the show, um, I'm going to ask 11 questions. One of them scores up to a maximum of five points so essentially a potential 15 points to be had and we'll be coming on to that a little bit later in this show and also chatting about wolves so all that's still to come but on the subject of palace um i mean we've we've talked about the game i mean there's a few obvious um factors involved here the recurring theme of us not being able to score or put away a great enough number of the chances we create um alexis mcallister uh, still absent. There's a question mark about that. And just general questions about uh, the lineup, how you think it went. So in, in, in terms of the, on the pitch, um, just a brief overview. What's your take looking back now a few days um, past the pain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just beyond frustrating, isn't it? I feel like we're telling the same story every week where we get beat or we get a draw. And I think with the exception of Sheffield United a couple of weeks ago, um, where I think they were quite obviously the better team on the day, um, I feel like we're just we're we're always coming out thinking, well, we could have got more from that or we should have got more from that. And it's one thing to to have that against a team like Watford uh, or a team like, you know, Everton or, or 
even Chelsea, so to speak, really, because really we could have got more from them earlier on. But mm. when it's Palace, it hurts even more because, uh, you know, we, we don't want to allow them to scum a win off us. And last year we took all six off of them. And, you know, we've come away with just one this year when we really have utterly dominated them for two games. And yeah. they've come away with four points. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about you. The question always pops up when we're near each other in the table and about to play. But the thing about the, doing the double or finishing higher in the table, all that sort of stuff. For me, doing the double over them and surviving in general was pretty much the perfect tonic. I wasn't too fussed about the fact they finished above us in the table. Um, the head-to-heads, we did them and we survived. Those are the two the two things I'm interested in as far as Palace and the season goes as a collaborative um, scenario. Um but, I mean, losing, well, basically that having a draw and a defeat with, against them when we've been the better side of both games is pretty frustrating to take. I'm actually more disappointed in terms of the match play with the first game because we were, we were so much better than them in that match. Um, they just couldn't get a, you know, a foothold in the game. Whereas I think with the second match, I do think they played a good game. They set up well. They were organised. They were a better side from the beginning than they were in the Selhurst match. Um, but nonetheless, it's sickening to to lose. Obviously, I was weirdly relaxed about it in a strange sort of way. I think it was probably shock. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the pain wasn't kicking in, basically. Um, but it, weirdly, even since then, I've been quite reflective about it. I don't know why. It is obviously a lot more worrying for the season now. Um, I mean, it's, it's a bit of a double whammy with them, obviously, pretty much securing survival with the result. But uh, that's that's a side issue. Obviously, it's more about the fact it's another very winnable game. We've taken, well, in this case, no points from. And uh, we're, we're definitely in serious trouble here now, aren't we? Which is, which is a major worry. And we're, we're, we'll get on to that in a moment, I guess. Um, but any further thoughts on the game itself? Uh, I think that you I mean you already brought it up but Alexis McAllister not even making the bench and some of the things that have been said this week are, are quite confusing to me you know I feel like we've all said that we we need you know it can't hurt to have that bit of creativity in the midfield um, because the creativity we have right now isn't quite kicking it so I mean why why isn't he even making the the 18 and I think, uh, I think it was you or Robin or maybe both of you both said a couple of days ago he's you know he's played in the biggest spiciest derbies in South America. Yeah. Uh, if he if he you know if he needs to adapt to England so much so like that he can't deal with Sheffield United, um, it's it's a yeah. bit strange to me. So I mean I'm going to be very intrigued to see whether he starts uh, at least getting into the 18 starting this week with you know as you said a real downturn because we couldn't even get anything last week. Yeah, I mean the, you can sort of understand it way if you're integrating someone who's not used to the country and the league uh, in a team that's struggling a bit but the whole point of it is we only had well 12 games left at the point when we played the Sheffield United match now 10 games so uh, we haven't got an awful lot of time to try him at all we made the effort to bring him back in halfway through the season in Jan um, so we do need to, to play him as you said he's played the Super Classico you know, Sheffield United is a raucous atmosphere, but it's nothing in England is like it's like the Bombonero uh, on a on a derby day there. Uh, so you know, I, I don't think he'd have any problem coping, and he's he's quite experienced as a senior now. So yeah, it's a bit bad. And he's also he's also totally match fit too, which is the other piece that you know, like the usual thing is well, especially with signings in January, well they haven't been playing regularly. Or like you know they they have to adapt to both match fitness and the Premier League, mm. and but like the match fitness side, like I feel like he is raring to go, right? We, he's been I think he played just like just under a week before he flew over here, so yeah, it's yeah. just it's just strange to me. Yeah, I mean the only thing I would say in possible defence of that is that um, the pace of the game in Argentina is slower, so obviously there is going to be that to adapt to. Um, True. But again, you can't do that without doing it. <laughs> right. Know, he's not, not going to get any better if he doesn't play um, at um, adapting to that. So it seems crazy. Anyway, there we go. On the matter of the other side of things, fan behaviour. Um, I've mentioned quite a bit of this on the previous pod. I was going to have a bit of a rant and you're welcome to join in. I don't know. First of all, do you, do you ever listen to any of the Rivals uh, podcasts at all? Uh, uh, no. Paris? No, uh, definitely just, not. <laughs> I, have, I have this strange... A compulsion to do it I don't know what it is um, it's maybe some sort of gallows behaviour I don't know but I listen usually before and after the uh, the derby games anyway 
uh, if, if we're allowed to call it that. Uh, here's some media saying it's not even a proper derby. Uh, well, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. It's about as ignorant as it gets, I think. Yeah, it's painful. It's painful. I do like the Totally Football Show as one of the podcasts, by the way, but they are, they're, they're poo-pooing it. Uh, maybe that's an unfortunate choice of term, actually, given the poo gates. But uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm kind of inclined to maybe um, go into the A23 thing. Maybe M23 is ridiculous, though. Stupid name for it. Um, <laughs> anyway, that wasn't the rant I was going to have. The rant I was going to have <laughs> was about... Was about um, well, the Palace fans. So, you know, we've got this edge between the two clubs where, you know, we're having a bit of needle all the time. And I'm all for that. It's no problem at all. As long as it doesn't get too violent. It's not, you know, it's, it is what it is. But um, the fan behaviour by Palace has been totally out of order. I think it was a couple of years ago when we had the, the, the previous incident with the flares, wasn't it, where smuggled into yes. the ground. People rushed the door or had someone open the door and they rushed the turnstile. Um, which caused a load of people to be then subsequently shut out by Sussex police because they couldn't quantify numbers and they're losing control of the situation. And, uh, the, well, the podcast guys that I mentioned, uh, the Palace podcast, were scornful, uh, bitter and very angry about the behaviour of Sussex police. Um, I couldn't comment on that firsthand because I obviously wasn't experiencing that because I wouldn't want to be in the away end for that match. Um, but right. <laughs> they, they were pretty pretty much putting the boot in, and they were, they were trying to tag, tie in the Albion itself into this and just having a go at the club in general. Um, so I think, well, OK, they didn't really have a go at their own fans, because the only reason that situation occurred was due partly to the fact that those fans did that in the first place. And we've seen now, two years later, smoke bombs set off again from what i've understood i've read quite a bit on our social media that there was at least three maybe more smoke bombs or flares set off um around the time of the goal uh, on, on saturday and that led to apparently according to one bit of testimony on north sand chat um 25 people were being treated by st john's ambulance according to st john's ambulanceman that uh, somebody spoke to so people were having serious asthma attacks Harmless fun is the words being used. Taking the joy out of it was also mentioned on their podcast. That's not much joy for those people, is it really? I mean, what's your take on it? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And for what it's worth, whether it was one or three or whatever it was, watching on the television over here, it was you could barely see the pitch for for a good two or three minutes. It covered the cameras. It was that intense. So I'm not surprised at all that those people were suffering. Mm. Um, you know, if it's thick enough to, to cause a problem for Lord knows how much they're paying for those sort of quality cameras, you know, at NBC Sports and Sky. So, I mean, if it's causing problems for them to be able to cut through to the pitch, I can only imagine um, what it can be like on ground level. And, you know, I feel like they've been using that excuse to kind of have it out with Sussex police ever since the, the incident that you were talking about when they had to shut people out. And, you know, we've we've. We still, to this day, continue to have controversy and, frankly, just disgraceful attitudes from the police um, when it comes to Hillsborough. And, you know, now we're doing the right thing and people are now starting to get on their wick about that. It's it's totally bizarre to me. And it just it screams like just another reason to be uh, just idiots, really. Yeah. I mean, you're saying storming the door. Okay, it's all seater stadia. You're not ever going to have a Hillsborough scenario doing that now in a stadium like ours. But the point is, they're not thinking about the connotations when they're getting through. They just want to get through the door and do whatever they're doing, smuggling the smoke bombs, etc. But um, it's the same mentality. Um, as the mentality that was depicted of Liverpool fans, which we now know is, I mean, people want to get into the game without a ticket, but they shouldn't have been able to. Um, in the case of Hillsborough, we've long since seen that um, that was purely down to the police opening a gate. But um, in this case, this was Palace fans opening a door from the inside. Um, but it's irresponsible behaviour. The smoke bombs um, are a problem. I mean, I was in the game. Uh, not in the game. I was at the game. Um, in the <laughs> <laughs> oh, I kind of wanted to be almost. Yeah, trying to try and shoot. No one else seemed to be. Um, or not on target anyway. Um, we we had, um, yeah, I was in the West Upper at the North End, so diagonally opposite where the fans are. Um, the smoke bomb you saw coming out, it was a blackish uh, coloured smoke bomb, which is a weird colour to choose really because it stands out the least. 
um, which is presumably what they were trying to do to stand out. Um, but it sort of swelled around and up and went sort of travelled around the way the stadium is designed, presumably for acoustic reasons as well as um, uh, aesthetic reasons. It sort of the, the smoke kind of caught around the, the roof and travelled all the way around. Eventually reached its way around to where I was. It obviously thinned out a bit by then. And then went all the way, ended up in the north. And people in the north said they were feeling, a couple of people who had breathing problems, um, said they were feeling the effects of it there. So it's one of those stadiums that's not great for something like that happening. Um, so pretty bad, I think. Um, as a result, there was also reportedly damaged seats. There was also some seats broken, which obviously is not smoke. That's something else. Um, and rumours of a turnstile having been completely written off. So, you know, we... It's pretty pretty appalling behaviour. Those guys need to have a serious think about what they're doing there. There's also a lot of trouble in town as well. I think both sides, but mainly Palace causing it, um, two or three places uh, during the morning. So as far as I know, nothing happened after the game, but pretty disgusting behaviour, I think, all round. Um, any further comments on that, or shall I move on to my next rant? <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about expenses, I believe. I mean, I saw a lot of pictures on social media of them uh, ripping the uh, like the canvas that's uh, you know the, the oh, yeah. like the like yes. the Hall of Fame almost up the up that's the right. side of the Amex, yeah, um, and they were destroying that as well. Yeah, 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 and and there must be tens of thousands of pounds worth of damage, I think, because those things, especially if they're saying about a turnstile, those things are always more expensive than you guess. So I'd imagine it's going to come into loads of money in that, which is crazy. Um, listening to the podcast afterwards, um, their fans were squealing about the atmosphere being not very good, um, <laughs> um, which is interesting because their fans were the quietest I've heard them, to be honest. Um, I've been to all the games that we've had with them at the Amex. In fact, I never miss a Palace game in general. And that was the quietest I've heard them. OK, they make a bit of noise and they scored, but that's nothing special. One of the quieter fans, set of fans I've heard this year. Um, and I don't know what they're talking about our atmosphere. I, think, I don't, don't think the atmosphere was the best we've had there, but it wasn't bad at all. Um, but compared with theirs, I think it was great. No problem at all. So I just wanted to have a dig about that. They're also <laughs> moaning, <laughs> they're, they're moaning about the fans... Um, getting on at Zaha, but you know the guy gives it as good as he gets. He's always jumping about, falling about. Um, they hate him being accused of being a diver, but he is. I was watching that game, and I think there was one time he was fouled, definitely, and he was given the free kick. Another time is a 50-50. I think they waved play on, and the rest of the times when he went down, from what I could see, um, also looking at TV afterwards, was. He um, was just falling to the ground very easily and just play acting. He got Montoya books. Um, all of that stuff is just his game. OK, fine. But then he's going to get some stick from the crowd. And obviously the incident with Scalotto, while very funny from my point of view, and I definitely <laughs> think he was man of the match, <laughs> Scalotto, it was pretty bad reaction from him. How the hell has he not got booked there, Josh? Crazy. Surely. Yeah, it's it's baffling. I mean, the spit alone, right? Like yeah. whether you whether you agree with that being a red card or not, like you've seen it given all the loads yeah. of times, and then to incite the crowd immediately afterwards, that is also one that you see players get booked for all the time. Um, it just blew my mind that, that that there was nothing done at all, and then for Shalotto to get a booking, you know, like whenever you see this thing, like if the if the ref is kind of chalking it up to half a dozen of one and you know what I mean six of one half a dozen of the other like they both get booked but for him to get nothing at all was was incredibly weird and it's also the manner in which he goes down isn't it I mean like yeah. he even when he is fouled and like it's a clear foul he still goes down like he's like a extra on platoon and, <laughs> and it's it's tough he it's him and you know and we're seeing it more and more so this season with Jack Grealish as well who you know, is is getting a very similar reputation to Zaha. And they're both talented players, but they need to, and they won't, but they should really try and get it out of their game because they're too good for it in a way. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at the most fouled stats, I haven't got any directly to hand now, but I saw something a few days ago where um, he's obviously on the list. Um, Interestingly, Ayu is as well from Palace. Uh, might might oh. be interesting in some way. Um, and others included Madison, 
and um, trying to think who the other one was. I think Vardy was one, and then somebody else. But they, they, oh, and Grealish, yeah. So they, it's a, it's always a similar kind of player. Obviously, that, largely that is because of the type of role they play in within the team and the positions on the field they go into. Um, fair enough, but. Why those particular ones? I mean, when I've mentioned that list of names, <laughs> there's there's lots of other attacking midfielders, wingers, strikers, or number tens that um, you could probably think of who aren't on that list. Um, I think it's not a coincidence the names that are up there are up there. Uh, most fouled or most perceived to be fouled? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I've got the list up right now. Actually, you're right. Oh, it's right. Jack Jack Grealish, uh, Zaha, Madison, Ayu. And then, uh, weirdly, Scott McTominay of Manchester United. What? Uh, and then Adama Traore. Oh, Traore. Yeah, 18, yeah, 18 appearances as yeah. well, Scott McTominay has had. That's bizarre, isn't it? Oh, Traore kind of surprises me that it's not more, because he is he is the one that doesn't need to go down because he's built like a tank, but is just so quick. Yeah, well, I think... I think you've answered your own question there because he he just beats his man. Yeah, <laughs> he, doesn't get he doesn't caught. go down. <laughs> but it's, but I get the point though. Yeah, again, it's another similar type of player. Um, and you know, it's it's part of the game. And if we had a player like Zaha on our books, obviously we would conveniently overlook that side of it. I'm sure to some degree. And you know, you'd still back him. But I mean, is... we did right with Knockart. That was yeah, I mean, exactly. we yeah. everybody hated him and we loved him. Um, Although I don't think he was quite as obnoxious as them. But, I mean, to other fans, I, I suspect he was incredibly annoying. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's, we're not without villainy as well. Neil Morpé in the first game, and I'm sure it would have been the same if he'd scored a first-half goal um, in front of the away end, um, would have done the same, celebrating in front of them as part of part of the game. Um, I, th- I think it's just one of those things. So there's a bit of shithousery. I'm sure you appreciate it as much as I do. <laughs> yeah, but, um, absolutely. I mean, that's yeah. one of the reasons I'm such a fan of Neil Mopai because he's just he's yeah. he's the knockout of this year. He has it. He has it in bundles that he can just get under players' skins. And I don't know. Maybe it's just something about small French lads. <laughs> Must be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Zaha is very much the poor man's Neymar, isn't he? That's the way I've started to come to look look about it. Neymar's a player, obviously very talented, like Zaha is, but on a far grander scale. Um, but he's even more of, a, of an infuriating character on the pitch. And it's no surprise to find out who's the most foul player in his league. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Surprise, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, the game of the Champions League first leg the other week, uh, it was just classic him. He was just falling all over the place. It absolutely drives me mad. And I love the abuse he got from, um, or just critical abuse he got from England fans at the Wembley game a few years ago when he played um, as a younger player in the uh, in the friendly for Brazil. But uh, anyway, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, the only other thing was, I mean, there's a lot of they were moaning about our moaning the fans as well. I mean, you know, <laughs> what do you expect? We're going to moan about bad decisions, players are not getting booked that should have done, getting our players booked that they shouldn't have done. Referees being poor, Atkinson was terrible. I, th- I thought. I thought um, he was. I thought he managed the whole game really badly as well. Yeah, they said the exact opposite. They actually used the same word. They said managed the game well. <laughs> I mean, so, when you when you get when you have a couple of players that either A shouldn't be on the pitch or B should at least have a booking. I mean, I suppose you think he has done well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there's one other thing as well which um, I noticed from their forums. They were talking about. Um, appropriating the, the the argument about Zaha spitting. I mean, they were adamant he wasn't spitting at the player, just spitting on the floor. And you have to do that after you've been running if you're in a sporty environment, which I thought was a very <laughs> tenuous comment. Um, but they he went on to say, um, and if we're talking about spitting, what about your uh, one of the Brian fans spitting on them as they were queuing up at the station? And I'm thinking, well, yeah, okay. But then if you're talking about that, then we can talk about a the Zaha spitting incident and also. One of their fans throwing stones at a few of our fans up on the bridge a few years ago. So, you know, people in glass houses and all that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's always there's always going to be idiots on both sides. So, I mean, yeah. I'm not sure that <laughs> that holds any weight whatsoever, but yeah. it doesn't surprise me to see them yeah. talk rubbish. Yeah. But final conclusion on it, I would, I would say, is just I quite enjoy it's, – it's like um, – one of those things where you just enjoy being wound up by something. I go on there just purely voluntarily to just enjoy the moment <laughs> and to see how, how bitchy they're getting, which is generally much worse than we normally are, even ironically mentioning <laughs> mentioning it so much on this podcast. But there we go. Um, anyway, I mean, if, 
any further comments on Palace or can we move on to your quiz? We can, by all means, let's move on. The pressure is on on this one. Yeah, so this is just going to be, there's no, uh, there's no fancy jingles here. I'm just going to kick straight in with it in a moment. Um, <laughs> there's no time limit, although if you can avoid um, taking too long and also no Googling, please. Thank you. Of course. I'm trusting you, Josh. I'm trusting you. <laughs> um, normally, this is going to be face to face. You'll be the exception. But, um, <laughs> I'm going to reel off a few questions then and um, see how you get on. Um, some of them are easy. Some of them are not, maybe. But we'll, we'll see. Um, so you ready to go? Yeah. Hit me. Okay. Let's do this. History in the making. Here we go. Right. First question. Which continental European club have this week been linked with Birmingham City's teen station, Jude Bellingham? And yes, Ooh. I have just made that word up. It's terrible, isn't it? That <laughs> is Borussia Dortmund. Oh, he's got it. Yeah. Spot on. Great start. One out of one. Lovely. I'll Answer take it. <laughs> Let's test your EFL knowledge now. Which oh, yikes. Club... Yeah, well, you know, you know some of it, don't you? You were, um, you were a Union Lincoln, weren't you? And I think yes. you checked out a few of the local games back then, didn't you? I so did, yeah. You might know a bit of this kind of stuff. It's not about Lincoln, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> that question... would have been a bit too easy. <laughs> yeah. Question two. Which EFL club are known as the Shrimps? Ooh, is that Southend? Is that your final answer? <laughs> uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's not. Uh, <laughs> I think I might have to take your first answer actually on that one. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm go on. Giving, yeah, it's it's a bit of a trick question that one. It's uh, the Shrimpers or Southend. The Shrimps. Oh my goodness, that is rough. That was a rough one, wasn't it? <laughs> um, <sighs> well, I feel a bit better one? in the fact that I was very close. Yeah, I did not yeah. know that Morgan were the Shrimps at all. If you'd have asked me what Morgan's uh, nickname was, I wouldn't have been able to guess in a million years. Oh, okay, fair play, fair play. Um, Okay, well, question three, sticking with the AFL. Who play, note the present tense in this question, who play at Highbury? Um, This is an English pro club, by the way, just uh, somewhere in the AFL. It's a tough one as well. Highbury. I mean, obviously, Arsenal used to be there, but... Yeah. It's not... um, What's his name? It's not Fleetwood, is it? You got it. Yeah. I was on. thinking well of done. Joey Barton. Yeah. And yeah. I, was, well, I was thinking something had come up with them. Well, it's not great to think about Joey Barton too much, but. Uh, no, it's yeah. far from ideal, but it was it was that that flashed into my head. Yeah, well, well done, because that is the correct answer. Yeah. Could be a fairly new team. That's uh, to the league. That was a tricky one, but well played. OK, next one up. Um, following the goal seeking debacle at the weekend, who, if anyone, leads the head-to-head is it albion palace or neither they are now level so are they Ooh. are we level on the head-to-heads or are we ahead of them or is or a palace ahead in i the, think we're ahead of them. yeah you are correct yeah we've had 40 wins they're up to 37 now and i think it's 26 draws so spot yep. on good play i think That's... i remember us saying last year that even if we went down this year they couldn't catch us in terms of the head-to-head <laughs> i think that was like one of the things that we took as a positive at the end of last year when Hutton left. <laughs> <laughs> that's it perfect <laughs> yep you're right spot on okay so um yeah that's that's good so you've got three out of four which is a good start i'll on take to... that that's better than <laughs> i thought i was gonna do yeah it's good i'm pleased as well because i'll be a bit worried if you've got 15 yeah, the <laughs> then I think I'm getting the question setting wrong here. Um, <laughs> you've got to have a target for others as well. Um, so, yeah, on to the next one. Um, this is another little bit of a tricky one. Um, who is the third top Premier League scorer of all time behind Alan Shearer? Of course, most people know. And Wayne Rooney. Shearer and Rooney are the only two to have 200 plus. But who is the third Premier League top scorer? I'm going to give you five quick guesses and I'll accept any of those as the correct answer as long as you get the correct answer. Ooh, so I can have five? You can have five shots of this in in fairly quick succession. Yeah. Uh, Sergio Aguero. Oh. Having a bit of water there, sorry. Um, no, you're fine. <laughs> Call me out. Uh, he's fourth in the list. He's the top foreign scorer, which could oh. be a clue to English. Yeah. Oh, he is English? Okay, I was going to say Thierry Omri. Um, English, English, and it's not Shearer. Uh... Michael Owen? It's not, no. Good effort, but he's, he's somewhere on the 100 list, but uh, not, not him. Andy Cole? Yes, you've got it. 
and he's all it is. He's got something mad like 187 goals, which Good considering who, who's still below him, like Aguero, that's quite something. He must he banged in tons and tons for Newcastle, didn't he? Before he got into the United days, so yeah, I mean he banged in a ton for United as well, didn't he? So yeah, yeah. So that's good, nice one. Right, okay, this is a tricky one as well, but you may remember it because I think I've mentioned it on our WhatsApp group at one point. Who okay. plays? <laughs> see, this give yourself time on this one as well. Who plays their home games on White Hart Lane? So obviously this is a trick question. It's not. It's not Spurs. <laughs> they play Ooh. near White Hart Lane, but um, who plays on White Hart Lane? This is a either a pro or semi-pro club. It's not a, a Sunday league team or anything. <laughs> Ooh, that is a good question, that. Yeah, it's quite a tough one. That is a tough one. I'm trying to think Oof. if I can give you a clue without giving it... Because the only clues I can think of that might jog your memory might be too much. Too easy. Mm. Um... Yeah. I'm trying to. I'm not very good with where all the London clubs are either. Yeah. Um, hmm. They had a reasonable run in the FA Cup last season. When I say a reasonable run. They got. So I'm giving away it's a semi-pro club. Um, they got into the into the first round proper. Uh, I can't remember if they got to the second round, but they they definitely made the main rounds of the FA Cup last year. If that that would be my only clue I can think of. <laughs> no god no i'm gonna have to forfeit on that one okay well it is harringay borough oh my god i would never yeah. have got that no it's toughy <laughs> but at least you've got that as an interesting bit of trivia to throw out others now down the pub that is um, a good trivia. <laughs> yeah um right okay and they're in the um well they were flying high in the top of the ryman or the ismian league prem by the way but struggling this year well uh, anyway on, on to the next down one. there <laughs> um, I heard a stat just a few days ago, um, which I thought was interesting and kind of fits in with your interests. Um, it's about XG. Which team has recorded the lowest ever Premier League XG stats since the stat system was introduced, which was, what, two, two years ago, I think? It's, um, it's a Premier League club. It, it was then and it still is now, the Premier League club. Um, might give you a clue if you can't can't think of anything. Hmm. Is it from this season? Just I this think, season, or are we talking like just accumulated all the way through? I got this caught this on a radio, oh, on a podcast. Um, I think they said it was from last season. Can't be sure, but I think it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, but mm. trying to think of who came, who went down. You've got to think that. Well, I'll say it's south of the Midlands. Let's say that. Okay. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with... Watford. Good effort. It could have been. But um, no, it is unfortunately not correct. It is Bournemouth, apparently. Which is oh, wow. a bit surprising. I'm surprised if, with... Yeah. If, if it is last season, which I'm pretty sure is what they said it was, then... Um, that's a bit of a tough one, isn't it? But there we go. Okay, well, moving on. Um, a bit of continental quiz quizzing now. Estadio okay. Cornelia El Prat <laughs> is the um, <laughs> deliciously named home ground of which current La Liga club? So it's the Estadio Cornelia El Prat. El Prat, sorry. Mm. Again, probably can only give you one guess on this. Yeah. It's probably a matter of um, only a few, isn't it? Once you narrow them down from the oh, obvious ones. Crap. Is it in? Is it Barcelona? Is it in Barcelona? Obviously, it's not Barcelona that have it, but is it around that area? You might be right. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is my football manager knowledge. This. I know um, it might be. <laughs> I am gonna go with Espanol. You are correct. Well done. Yes, boys. I'm well happy with that. That was worth worth binging all my my hours and hours of football manager. Look, Mara, I made it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it was all for, just for that. (laughs) To to get get the benefit on a uh, quiz question on a random podcast years later. Marvel stuff. (laughs) Um, Right. On to matters of the Albion now for the rest of the quiz. Who scored... 
it's a, it's a contemporary one for you. Who scored Albion's consolation goal at Anfield earlier this season? Ooh. So we were 2-0 down. Whoever this was pulled it back to 2-1, and that's how it finished. Oh, it was Lewis Dunk. Yeah, it was. It was indeed. With that, with the controversial free kick that they kicked off about for ages. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, and Allison got sent off from the same. Yeah, from the same incident, wasn't it? Yeah, that, it that was. was it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I see Allison is hurt again now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, interesting. Van Dijk got both goals to Liverpool, so it was centre back fest, wasn't it? That one. But, uh, yeah, that anyway. was. Uh, I think that was the one where they said Brighton have not conceded from a corner this year, this season so far. And then uh, they promptly conceded from a corner from Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Right. OK, we're on to another little quiz here. Um, missing link. I'm going to read, read out a list here. Um, somewhere in the list, there's a missing name and you've got to get who it is. Um, the theme is going to be pretty obvious very soon after I start the list. Here we go. So the list is um, with, with one missing Brian Horton, Jeff Wood, Mickey Adams, Peter J. Taylor, Martin Hinchelwood, Steve Koppel, Mark McGee, Mickey Adams, Russell Slade, Guy Poet, oh, sorry, Guy Poet, Gus Poet, um, <laughs> Oscar Garcia, Sammy Hupia, Chris Hutton, and of course, Graham Potter. Who have I missed out of that list? I presume More. you've guessed what this is. <laughs> yes, yes, it is most certainly Brighton and Albion managers. Yeah, in sequential order, yeah, yeah. So, do you want me to read it again? Yeah, one more time. Probably a good idea. So it's Horton, Wood, <laughs> Adams first time, Peter Taylor, um, Henshelwood, Koppel, McGee, Adams again, Slade, Poyet, Garcia, Hupia, Hewton, Potter. I've got it. Dean Wilkins. Yes, correct. Well done again. Superb work. Very impressive. Right, OK. So now we get on to the rather intriguing last part, which is... A who am I question. So you've got, by the way, just so far, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven out of ten. So you could get up to a potential 12 points, which I think I can surmise would be a pretty good score. If I was going to say, seven out of ten ain't bad. It's not bad at all. Not bad. Let's see how you do with this one. So what we're going to do, I'm going to read out five clues on a who am I basis or who is he. Um, and you get five points if you can guess it on the first clue. I'll give you one guess per clue. Um, okay. Four points on the second, etc. Down to potentially one for getting it on the last, uh, or zero if you can't get it at all. So, ready for this? Hit me. Let's do okay. it. Okay. Right. First clue. He's a 28-year-old, six-foot-one tall midfielder, currently active in England, having made his Premier League debut in 2017-18 season. Bit hard to get from that, but. Yeah, and it isn't, and it isn't Brighton. It could be. I'm not saying it is. Oh, okay. It's a pre. It's okay. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, Let's go with. (sighs) Can you read the clue again? Yeah, of course. He's a 28-year-old, six-foot-one-inch-tall midfielder, currently active in England, having made his Premier League debut in 2017-18 season. I'll say he's currently active in the Premier League, by the way, just to clarify. Let's go with Andre Gomez of Everton. Mm, decent guess, decent guess. It is unfortunately not correct. But <laughs> I would have been impressed if you got five points on this. I, this is where Honestly, no I would have been. If you would have said yes, I'd have pooed myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, especially based on what you've just said about uh, your uh, time on computer games, you might start to get it from one of these clues coming up. Clue number two. He made his club debut for Vitessa in 2010, going on to a total, uh, sorry, going on to total 11 appearances in the Eredivisie that season. So his debut season was um, 2010-11, I think it was. Um, Vitessa, he made his debut, and he went on to make 11 appearances there in Holland that year. Ooh. Remembering he is now in England. Right. Since twenty seventeen. That it is still really tough, isn't it? Yeah. Lord. Yeah. Um We'll give yourself a few more seconds and then have a guess, obviously, just in case. See, I was gonna go with someone else, but I know it ain't him. Cause and he made eleven appearances at Vitesse. 
in that first season, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Well, I'm going to go with Davy Proper then. Oh yes, you've got it. Did I? <laughs> yes. Nice. I thought good. I thought it was just 11 appearances at Vitesse, and I was like, I remember him. Like he'd played for them forever, so I thought that couldn't be him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. He was. I think he was there three or four years, wasn't he? And then he went to PSV. Um, but yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. Four points. That's going to oh, be a hard hard table to beat. So you've got 11 out of. Um, no, that's not right, is it? So, yeah, that's 11 out of 15, isn't it? Fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, the other clues, by the way, were that he scored three senior international goals for his country to date. I think you might have got it from that anyway, would you? Maybe. Yeah, I would have been if well you, on my way, I think. Because you would have been assuming correctly that he was Dutch by this point. Um, the yep. other clues, <laughs> for his club, he wears the number 24 shirt. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, then I'd have been done. I'd have been good there. <laughs> you would definitely have got the last clue. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that, which was... His middle names are Petrus Wenceslas Henry or Henry. <laughs> oh you know? yes, that would yeah. have been that would have been it. Yeah, I do. I do. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolute madness, isn't it? Right, so there we go. So eleven out of fifteen, which is pretty good going. Not too bad at all. Very good. Yeah, I'll take that all day long. Yeah. Do you, you know that? Well. Uh, did you know that Martin Odegaard also played for Vitesse last year? I think it was last year actually. You know the the young um, the young Norwegian lad that Mount Real Madrid signed a couple of years ago. Oh really? Oh okay. Yeah, and they sent him out on loan, and he went to Vitesse for some reason, and yeah. I don't know how he did there, but that's the only reason I knew they existed. You know, at the same kind of time that Proper came over, he was going to them. Yeah. Oh okay. No, I didn't know that. That's fantastic. People cross paths in strange ways, don't they? You never know. How are they going to do so? <laughs> but that's good. Right, so Josh, you are our inaugural scorer on the quiz. 11 out of 15. Let's see if you can hold on to that through the rest of the season. And there will be no prizes, but um, you will have the kudos, if you win, of being the inaugural quiz champion on this podcast. We'll wait and see. Yep. I will take that opportunity with both hands. <laughs> so there we have it. The end of the first part of the podcast with Josh speaking to me from the States. Um, we're now going to continue on with part two. You'll have to switch to episode 15 for that, where we'll be talking about the Wolves game coming up this weekend and, and chat about other general matters going on in the news this week of a sporting nature. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply